you hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. Ah, is it possible to live with someone who makes way more or way less than you without wanting to kill them or worse, wanting to get divorced from them? (laughs) You're listening to Queer Money episode number 306. And today we're sharing with you our three favorite tips for managing money with your partner when you have disparate incomes. We make the Queer Money podcast for you. So please post your money questions in the Queer Money Facebook group. We may or may not answer your question in an upcoming episode. Now on with the show. You're listening to the Queer Money Podcast, personal finance with a rainbow twist. Queer Money is dedicated to financial independence, financial well-being, investing knowledge, and the intersection of all things money as an LGBTQ person. Queer Money is made possible by Capital One. Capital One believes that financial well-being includes your mental, physical, and financial health. Check out CapitalOne.com today. Gainbridge sponsors the best, including the Indiana Pacers, Indiana Fever, Indiana 500, and the Queer Money Podcast. That's because Gainbridge believes dedication is an essential component of success in every community. Visit Gainbridge.life today. (laughs) So we received a question from Ash. First of all, neither of us want to kill each other, even though at points in time we did earn very disparate amounts of money. But we have some experience in this. That's why we're answering Ash's question, (laughs) right? So Ash asked, my husband and I have really different incomes. What's the best way for us to manage our money together? Yeah, And that's a great question to ask because you want to manage your money with your partner, not against them. Right. And the reality is, is that there's a lot of different reasons why folks may have disparate or very different incomes, right? I mean, they may start out that way, but we don't always fall in love with someone who makes the same amount of money as we do, right? You may start out with making similar amounts of income, but then maybe one of you, your career really takes off, or one of you decides to switch careers. And for that reason, you have to take a step back in what you're earning, right? There's a lot of different reasons why your income can either start out differently or grow apart. Well, we typically fall in love because of pheromones and hormones. We don't fall in love because of that to income ratios and credit scores. Right. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. And then that's the truth that very few of us, especially when we're in that, and John and I were part of that group too, that when we started out in our relationship, we did not expose our true financial picture to someone. And oftentimes we don't expose our true financial picture to someone until after we've fallen in love with them. they're knee deep in the relationship and they can't escape. Right. You've already got the hooks in them. Right. Right. (laughs) Um, And then on the flip side though, it's not fair for one partner to pay way more for everything than the other partner if that first partner actually earns a lot of money. They might be open to, to doing that, but we shouldn't go into a relationship just assuming. And this is the thing with the Prince Charming syndrome, right? So many people that we see on Facebook specifically talk about how the way that they're going to achieve financial success or pay off debt or whatever is because they're going to find Prince Charming. Well, we right. keep asking, where are all these Prince Charmings that want a project? <laughs> they right? were certainly not around when when I was in the market for someone. <laughs> really? Oh, interesting. Anyway, so if you have vastly disparate incomes until uh, you can normalize things or until things that happen to normalize, what can couples do? Well, we have three solutions for you today. 
The first is Mr. Ottenschneider. <laughs> I did not marry the Prince Charming, apparently. <laughs> no, I didn't say that. I just said that That's I wasn't I looking for some a Prince Charming to come and save me, right? I wasn't looking for a savior to rescue me out of my financial nightmare that I had put myself into. So now uh, I'm seeing rescue me up with Madonna <laughs> in my head. <laughs> All right, let's get back to this. The first point is uh, the first option that you have is the true 50-50 split. It's simply you're splitting everything right down the middle. We divide everything. There is an expression going Dutch that is still used. I don't know if there's any negative connotations to that, but that is- I just heard it on TV the other day, so apparently it's still popular. Right. Right. But that even though you may find that one of you is earning significantly more than the other, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's how you're going to split things. You may still divide things evenly. So something to keep in mind here, though, is that the person who is earning significantly more money likely has separate checking and savings accounts, investment accounts, and they're putting uh, a bunch of their extra money and wages into contribute to their retirement, emergency savings, other important causes that are important to them. So they have a little bit more flexibility. Or they're spending a shitload of money on themselves. Right. (laughs) Right. And so this is the very popular way to start out a relationship. Right. I think that this is most common, right? This is the most common. This is what happens to most most people. You and I fell into this where we immediately just said, we're going to split everything right down the middle. Right. Capital One strives to inspire a better financial path for everyone, including the LGBTQ plus community through access to credit, tools to manage debt and product features. Digital products such as CreditWise and Eno are designed to take the stress out of money by helping you manage credit, a key source of potential stress, and stay on top of spending without worrying all the time. Sign up for CreditWise for free today. Heard a rumor about annuities? Cut out the noise by visiting Queer Money podcast sponsor Gainbridge at gainbridge.life to learn more. The next suggestion is the divided split. And um, this is when you have separate expenses that are divided between hers and his or hers and hers and his and his to the extent that all the household expenses are covered by someone. Or theirs and theirs. Theirs and theirs. Let's use a couple more pronouns in there. But I think what's important here is that you're kind of segmenting out which of the expenses someone covers. And It might be that one covers rent or mortgage, or one covers utilities, one covers groceries. I think that this to me is a common one when folks may have already have some financial obligations when they get into the relationship, right? So I already have a home. I'm already paying for the mortgage. I've had this home for years, and now you and I are dating, and the mortgage is technically my responsibility because it's in my name alone. So it may be something that I continue to pay for on my own. Whereas you may then say, okay, well, I'm going to pay for utilities and groceries to kind of balance things out or to feel like we're each contributing to the overall relationship. Yeah. And very often partners are dividing expenses, but they try to keep the net costs typically about the same, if that's even possible. I kind of keep thinking about most people starting out their relationships, at least when they're younger, with both partners renting. Right. And so very often people are trying to, uh, they'll divide up expenses, who's responsible for what, but try to make it so net, net every month, it's, they're both paying about the same. Right. This was kind of the, I don't want to say this is exactly the same, not the net, net, but when I was in my previous relationship before you, my partner 
had owned homes and owned his home for a long time period. So when we got together, I wasn't contributing to that, but I contributed to other expenses in the household. I was the one who set up the UTMA account for the son that we had together. I carried other expenses. I still didn't carry as many as he did because he he did earn significantly more than me. But I think at a certain point, we both felt like we were covering what we thought we were responsible for. Yeah. In fact, we had a very wealthy guest on the Grim Money podcast who told us one time that he knows that he said, I know I have and make significantly more money than my husband, but that shouldn't stop me from enjoying the life that I want. If that means that I pay $10,000 for a vacation and he pays the water bill, I'm happy with that. So, I mean, really it's, it's kind of coming up to what we're getting at is there are a couple of ways that you can do this. Any way can work as long as it works for you and your partner. The important thing is that you have the discussion about it. Right. You need definitely need to feel like both parties' voices are being heard. Exactly. All right. The third and what, what I think is probably the most common is the percentage split. And this is something that may happen over time, especially at a certain point as a couple, if your relationship has matured, it may be that at a certain point, you do just start combining everything, right? So you may have started out with separate accounts and been paying separately into the bills, but all of a sudden, at some point you decide, well, you know what, we're just going to both put our paychecks into this one checking account and pay for everything from that one account. Well, when that happens, then this percentage split automatically happens, right? I make $4,000 and you make $2,000 combined. We make $6,000. That $6,000 all goes into one account. We automatically pay all the bills from that. That automatically means that I'm paying two thirds and you're paying one third, right? So that's kind of, I think this is a, a very kind of common progression that a lot of couples will end up getting to, especially if they decide to combine their assets together. Yeah. So for us specifically, we started out our relationship going 50-50, but we moved in together nine months after we started dating. And that was when we started to do the percentage split. And the way that we did that for ourselves and what we know a lot of folks do is that they create a primary funding account. So the primary funding account, everybody puts either all of their paychecks into that account, or they agree to an amount that each person puts into the funding account. And then from that funding account, all the bills are then covered. That's a popular way that that we did it. And that actually leads us to our pro tip, having two checkings accounts, one for fixed expenses, such as rent or mortgage, car payments, insurance, et cetera. Um, These are the expenses that don't fluctuate from month to month, right? Right. You know what your mortgage is every month. You know what your rent or your car payment is every single month. So you have your fixed account uh, to, to pay for expenses. And from that account, you can set up bill pay for all those bills to be paid automatically. So you get those bills paid on time in full every single month, and then have a second account for your flexible expenses, the ones that go up and down, such as utilities and dining out. And that account, you'll probably have to pay the bills a little bit more manually because it will be different from month to month. And this is where you can sometimes have kind of a hybrid between that 50-50 and percentage split, right? So it may be that these fixed expenses, especially things like rent and or mortgage or those kinds of fixed expenses, both parties or all parties are contributing an equal amount to. But then when it comes to the kind of more flexible account, this is where you may put in a different amount, right? Because you find, going back to the example of where I earn 4,000 and John earns 2,000, if we find out that every single month that we're spending about $600 because we do our spending analysis. If we 
find out that we're spending about $600 a month on uh, entertainment or dining out, then maybe what we do is I put in 400 and he puts in 200. That's where we get that per percentage split. And that's still keeping that in separate accounts. So you could have a hybrid example of that. But I also feel like for a lot of couples, eventually that kind of grows into the one account that they fund everything out of that does really become the percentage split. And that's when mine is mine and yours is mine. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so in summary, there are three primary ways that you can divide expenses. You have the 50-50 split, the divided split, and then the percentage split. So now stay tuned for your criminal takeaway from this episode. Make sure to check out more ways that Capital One can help you achieve financial well-being at CapitalOne.com. That's CapitalOne.com. Thank you again for listening to another episode of the Queer Money Podcast. Here's your Queer Money takeaway from this episode. As soon as you realize that you're going to have more than two or three dates with someone, talk about how you'll manage paying for those dates. That's a great way to get the money conversation started with a potential long-term partner or spouse. At the very least, have a discussion about how you'll split living expenses before you move in together and use this episode and these three tips as your way to doing that. Then join us next week when we take a deeper dive into annuities and how they can help you grow your income. And finally, and again, we make the Queer Money Podcast for you. So please post your money questions in the Queer Money Facebook group. We may answer your question in an upcoming episode. Thank you. And we will talk with you next week. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking Queer Money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.